Hello there, and welcome to the Skeptical Bro Podcast. This is episode numero uno, and I'm your host, Ray, or Ramon. No, actually, my name's pronounced Ramon in Spanish, and my parents give me a hard time when, I, when they hear me pronounce my name in English, which is kind of funny, but I don't mind. You can call me whatever you like. Most of my friends call me Ray. But anyway, um, before I dive into today's topic, I want to apologize in advance for the quality of, of, the, of the episode. You know, um, technology is not my forte, and um, I'm, I'm a fast learner, but I'm still getting the hang of, you know, what equipment I should buy, how, do I share, how I should record it, all that, all those uh, small things, which I, I guess they're not so small, but, you know, bear with me. Uh, the quality is going to get better and better as time goes by, and the content itself will get better as I get more practice in this this uh, game of uh, podcasting. So today's topic, you know, I, I really, I don't have anything specific uh, planned out. Rather, I'm just going to tell you guys a little bit about the, whoops, sorry. I'm just going to tell you about the, the, the podcast itself, the, what I'm going to talk about, um, the, the type of people that are going to be co-hosts or, or, or guests in, in the show. So that's that. And I want to give a quick shout out to my sponsor. Yes, you heard me right. I already have a sponsor just because Skeptical Bros that cool. And it's none other than Coffee Party. Uh, coffee Party is a coffee shop located in El Paso, Texas on Montana. Um, if you're not familiar with the, the city, it's located in central El Paso. And it's owned by none other than Santiago Castro. This man is a mad scientist of coffee. I've known this, this uh, person for 10 years. He's actually my good friend. So, uh, you know, take my recommendation with a grain of salt. Of course, it's biased. Everyone has a bias in anything that they talk about. So, you know, disclosure, that's, that's my bias. Santiago's my, my friend. But... He is helping us out here at the Skeptical Pro Podcast. So, you know, um, going back to, to Santiago, I've known him for 10 years, 8 to 10 years, and every single thing that he gets involved in, he just um, pursues it with everything he's got. He's 110% with every endeavor that he pursues. He's not, he's either, you know, fully invested and committed to it, or he's, you know, indifferent to it. He's not. He's really, uh, I should say, polarizing. So why, why should he care about that if, if I'm talking about this? is If you're in El Paso, let it be known that this man is just a genius. He's a scientist of coffee. Everything that he gets for his shop is just top quality. Um, and you will not regret visiting his, his shop. Uh, if you stop by, tell him the Skeptical Bro Podcast recommended the shop. He may or may not hook you up with a dank drink. And that's sad. So sorry for the shameless plug. Gotta gotta represent the sponsors. So back to today's topic. Um, uh, you know, it's kind of funny. I, I was telling a friend about my idea on you know my new brand, my new platform, Skeptical Bro, and he said, you know, skeptics, you know, it, aren't skeptics those people who don't believe in anything, right? To which I replied, you know, it's not necessarily true. You know, skeptics may get that. Um, that bad rep of you know just just kind of dismissing everything that's that's been uh, presented to them, and 
I, I, I disagree, you know, just so to clarify, I think being a skeptic means forming an opinion or having a stance on a topic by having sufficient evidence or logic or reason behind why it is that you believe in whatever you believe in. So having a strong stance on things, but still having an open mind and be willing to change your stance on, on whatever topic if the, the evidence is... is um, valid right so in reality we're just seeking validity and, and evidence to support whatever um topic is at hand and i think being a skeptic I, I think all clinicians i think all physicians uh scientists in general are skeptics at heart at least the good ones because you you have to have this constant um uh thirst of knowledge but also at the same time trying to disprove uh, preconceived uh, notions that you have on, on anything. You know, you can consider yourself an expert on, on dogs or dog food, but still be open to, to disprove uh, previous ideas and, and have new questions that need answers. So I, I don't want to ramble a little bit too much about that. In essence, I consider myself a skeptic and a promoter of evidence-based practice in medicine and in strength coaching. So I am currently pursuing a doctorate in medicine. Uh, I was a student in a, at, a, at a medical school at an institution located in Mexico. But now I've moved my studies into here, the United States. I've always lived in the United States. I just lived in a border city. So um, again, I'm a big uh, promoter of, of this practice. I think there's a lot of uh, pseudoscience, a lot of quacks that are just taking advantage of people who don't know any better. And it's also just, um, you know, it's just a product of word of mouth and things need to be addressed. And I, 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 re I truly believe that people, if, if you present them a good case or argument as to why they should not adopt whatever practice that is fraudulent, they will stop doing it. So today is a victim. Uh, let's talk about massage now. Let's talk about acupuncture, right? And acupuncture, I'm... I'm sure you've seen on Instagram or on, on the internet or, you know, on whichever, you know, media platform of someone lying on, on their belly, so belly down, and getting needles poked uh, into their skin. And, you know, the theory, the theory behind this uh, practice, acupuncture, and I apologize if anyone is a big fan of acupuncture, if uh, someone knows an acupuncturist, I really don't mean to offend anyone directly, but, you know, this is reality. Um, acupuncture has been around for thousands of years. So ancient China. And in their, the theory behind uh, acupuncture, according to them, is that they are meridians. And meridians are these quote-unquote channels of energy or qi, and, or qi, I don't know how you pronounce it in English, that if you disrupt them or if you use needles you can either optimize or block channels of energy which will um, in, in, their, in theory subsequently help any muscle ache or any ailment you know they, it can boost your immune system it can it can treat asthma it can treat obesity so really outrageous claims that you know i'm not sure if they even believe them th themselves so these meridians are based on rivers in China. So, you know, you, you can kind of see how ridiculous it, it sounds just, that, just, just by talking about the superficial theory behind acupuncture. 
And uh, acupuncture is still very popular in, in the U.S. and even in Mexico. So, you know, a common, a common uh, scenario would, would be someone who has back pain. And this person who has back pain will be told by someone else who has been to an acupuncture. Maybe they know someone who's an acupuncturist to, you know, you should go, you should really go see this person. You know, and this person goes get acupuncture and, you know, they, they get it in their head that they're going to have a good outcome if, if they get this uh, intervention done. And, you know, sure enough, you know, yeah, if, if you, it turns out that if you have a, a really good, if you have good expectations on, on something, it'll likely help just because the brain's really, um, it's, it's, it's uh, unpredictable, but it's really sophisticated in a way that it can trick itself itself. And this mechanism is known as placebo, and we also have nocebo, which is which is uh, the opposite of, of having a, a positive expectation on an intervention. It's having a negative one, which will, you know, to a surprise, give you an even worse experience at the end. So, um, last week I was actually going over a study. I, I did not read it to its extent. I I just skimmed through it, but it it was something along the lines of you know uh, proving uh, acupuncture for uh, was it a menstrual cramps? I can't remember. But the thing that caught my attention is that it was they were uh, studying sham acupuncture, which is kind of funny if, if you think about it, because what are they going to do? They're going to insert the needle in the fake meridian as opposed to using the needle on the real meridian. So bottom line is, you know, the, the, the evidence doesn't show uh, acupuncture to be better than a placebo. Um, it, it all comes down to having positive expectations of, of this intervention, which will, you know, subsequently lead to feeling better. But where do you draw the line? If, you know, if these people, if these acupuncturists are well aware that it's, you know, it's mostly BS, um, at the end of the day, yeah, they, they are still helping people, but, you know, is it ethically, is it morally okay for them to, to do this to people when they know that they're not really doing anything? Uh, I guess it depends on how you see it, but but to me, you know, I I don't think acupuncture should still be a thing. If it's part of your culture, uh, then you know, sure, do it. I'm not. I don't judge anyone who decides to do or take part of a, a alternative medicine practice if it's part of their culture. And if if you knowingly know, I'm sorry. If I guess that didn't sound right. If you're aware that the the evidence is not there for whatever practice that you're taking. That you're, that you're participating, and then you know it's it's your business. Uh, it's not my problem. It's uh, I I really don't care. But the issue um, I have is with medical practitioners who recommend pseudoscientific modalities, who recommend these just, just garbage practices. Who you know they they don't do anything. And it it doesn't mean don't do. It doesn't mean that if if you have someone who has back pain, you know, you, you don't help them. You tell them it's all in your head. That's not the way to go on about it. That's not what I'm implying here. It's that they, we have better we have better tools to help to help this person overcome the pain. We have better tools than to, than to just tell them go see this acupuncturist, even though we know that it's going to be a placebo thing, because this person can become dependent to this practice, and we don't want that. We we really really don't want that. I can't stand people making money off of those who don't know any better. Uh, uh, my my mission is, is to put these people out of business. And I know there's a lot of you people listening to this who are in the same side with me in regards to this situation. And, you know, it's not, it's not just acupuncturists. It, it's, um, it's massage therapists. 
it's uh, aromatherapist, it's Jesus. I, I, I can go on and on about all these different, uh, all these realms and, and within alternative medicine. And um, yeah, so I expect a lot of that in the, in the following episodes, just with more structure and with guests. I'm working on having a chiropractor in, in an episode. Um, it'll be a little uh, debate. It'll be formal. It won't be anything, you know, where it's just uh, insults back and forth. None of that. It'll be a formal debate where the, we present a case and the chiropractor will will, will try to support uh, chiropractic or whatever treatment that the chiropractor will be likely to prescribe versus what uh, the evidence says. Or I should say my opinion uh, but that's still in the works. Let me know if that's something you're interested in. The the option to that would be just me having uh, a guest and we'll, we'll talk about chiropractic in and of itself. But to me, it doesn't seem fair to bash on chiropractic uh, without having a chiropractor who is willing to support chiropractic and their claims. So, um, yeah, that's that. Um, what else are we going to talk about today? Um, yeah, so, um, you know, thanks, thankfully to the internet, you can meet people who are not, who, who don't live in your city, obviously, and I've had the privilege of, of meeting like-minded people, uh, people who are much more experienced and, and qualified than I am to talk about these sort of topics, and there will be guests in, in, in uh, episodes in the future. I actually have three episodes already recorded, I just need to edit them, but they're on cue. Um, my, my concern with the show is to, you know, go incognito. I want to pump out content consistently, at least one to two episodes per month and have them be quality episodes, not, not just a topic. I'm, I'm sorry, not just an episode where I'm here rambling about a random topic, right? So, um, you know, it's kind of funny. I want to tell you guys about something that happened today. I went to a clinic to get a TB test and uh, a drug test with a, a urinalysis with basically a peanut cup and they ship it out to see if you're taking anything. Um, <laughs> and well, this is common practice if you're a student or uh, if you work in a clinical setting, right? So that, this is why I went to get it. And I was in the waiting room for, Jesus, almost two hours and my phone battery died. So, you know, millennial problem, I was forced to to people watch or to, to listen to, to what people were, were talking about around me. And I wasn't aware that in this clinic there was also a physical therapy unit. And a gentleman sitting next to me, he was a big man, 6'4", six, 6'5", six, six, easily 300 pounds. So the gentleman was overweight. And another man walked in the waiting room. Excuse me. Excuse me, sorry. Another man walked in the waiting room and uh, they greeted each other. They greeted each other. Obviously, they, they they knew each other from somewhere else. And once they started talking, I could infer that these gentlemen were truck drivers and they were there for physical therapy. So one gentleman says to the other one, "Yeah, you know, I was told to have a herniated disc, man. And man, I don't know what I'm gonna do. It's actually more than one herniated disc. They told me it's five. So yeah, God, they stuck me in a tube and they said I need injections and." I don't know what I'm going to do, man. I have to work. So the other man is just, you know, just kind of giving uh, words of encouragement to the other one, saying he's going to be okay, but yeah, that he he better, you know, still get it looked at by a specialist. And it just made me realize how, you know, herniated discs are still 
this just like evil um, thing or diagnosis that, uh, that clinicians like to give out to, to people and they make it seem like it's, you know, you have a, a brain tumor or something like, like some malignancy and, you know, the reality is that herniated discs are really common. If you stick uh, individuals uh, from the ages of 21 and up, uh, a good chunk of them, at least 50% of them, I don't recall the specific uh, percentage, but they will show some sort of pathology uh, in their back on imaging. And it doesn't mean that they, they're going to die. <laughs> it doesn't mean that their quality of life is going to go to poop. Um, in fact, most of these people are going to be asymptomatic, meaning they're not going to have any pain. They're going to be uh, just walking around, living their lives like any other normal human being would. Now, the problem, the huge problem with this is that once these clinicians, whether it's a physician, a chiropractor, a physical therapist, um, tells the patient, you have a herniated disc, and they don't follow up with the, they don't educate the patient on the, on the fact that, you know, the, on what I just mentioned previously, that you can have a herniated disc, and it doesn't mean your life's over. But they, they just tell the patient, you have a herniated disc, look at, look at, just look at your image, look at this white part, this is your back. And, and the patient goes home, and, and they just, you know, they feel like they're broken. They feel like something's wrong with them, that, like, you know, there goes their life. Or, you know, go to buy sports. I can't do anything. I must sit in this position. I, I need to get a special mattress. And it's just, it's unfortunate that that, that is still so common. And I, I think we, we have a lot of work to do as, as you know, as uh, future physicians, as, as uh, those physicians who are, or people who are already practicing medicine, as, you know, future providers and whichever um, discipline that you're, you're involved in, even as a strength coach or personal trainer, I think it's of utmost importance that you're aware of these um, misconceptions in health and in medicine that can help you help you help your clients or help you help your patients um, not to be nocebo, you know, nocebo would be the opposite of a placebo when you have a negative expectation of something you know, the, the outcome's going to be even worse. Like like with this gentleman in the waiting room that I'm telling you guys about, he was told by his provider, you have this in your back. You're broken and you need these interventions. You need these really uh, invasive procedures or else your back's going to explode or your nerves are going to explode out of your body. So, um, yeah, I, I mean, I hope I'm not coming off a little too dramatic or or too... Like I guess just romanticizing things a little bit, but um, it, it really it can make a world of a difference to someone who's in in those shoes. And I, I've myself, I have been there. Uh, I've been in a situation where I've seen many providers of, or many uh, um, clinicians of different disciplines, and they tell you different things, and you don't know what to believe. Of course, I was younger when this happened, but. Um, in essence, the podcast, I want to, to, to put out more information and, and just to discuss these topics and have, again, people in different disciplines who can share their knowledge with us and, and help us um, think better and, and uh, just be more efficient with, with what we do with, with patients or with our clients in the future. So um, I guess I'll tell you guys a little bit about what happened in, in my case. You know, this was almost five, five years ago. It's going to be six years where I was uh, pulling, I was uh, deadlifting, right? And ironically enough, I was testing my Wonder Max. And as I was locking out the, the, the weight, I felt a really sharp pain on my right glute, almost as if someone stabbed me with an ice pick. 
and I put the weight down. I was really scared. You know, I, I, I didn't know what to do. And I Googled my butt off and I stumbled upon, you know, the diagnosis of sciatica. And if you Google sciatica, man, you'll stumble upon just really just, just crazy websites, crazy uh, take garlic to, to get rid of sciatic pain and all these stuff that, you know, you don't really know what to believe in. So when that happened to me, I let a few days, actually it was almost two weeks uh, go by to see if the pain would subside by itself. It didn't. Uh, that's when I decided to visit my family uh, medicine practice that, that I would go to get my, my checkups and I saw a nurse practitioner. The nurse practitioner didn't really ask much. I just told her that the pain started at the gym. I was deadlifting. And now I know that in her head, she just had this, uh, you know, just preconceived notion that you lift weights. It, that's really bad for your back. So it must be that. So stop lifting weights. And that's what she said. Stop lifting weights. And here's a prescription for a muscle relaxer. And again, I was younger. I didn't know really what was going on. So I went to my local drugstore. I tried to get my prescription. And to my surprise, the meds were $700 for muscle relaxers. And I had really good insurance at the time. My stepdad's a federal, my former stepdad's a, a federal agent. So I was under his insurance plan. And, you know, it was 700 despite having his, uh, his uh, top of the line uh, health insurance. So anyway, of course, I didn't get the medication. That was too much money. And I went back to, to see my, my, my physician and they gave me Flexeril, which is a muscle relaxer, much more affordable. I paid 10 bucks and I got a month supply. And sure, it gave me some relief, but it didn't really address the underlying issue. And I still had it in my head that, you know, there was something really wrong with me because there had been a lot of time and I still couldn't train the way I was supposed to train or the way that I was training in the past. Um, I then saw a chiropractor who told me that I should really stop. It's actually... Uh, Okay, I guess I'll tell you guys about it. So when you go to see a chiropractor, they some sometimes they'll have you, uh, they'll take X-rays of you, right? And they the most of most chiropractic clinics have X, uh, the the machines to take those images right then and there. So they did it, and they had me get in a lateral flexion, which is if you're standing up straight, you you, you bend uh, your back to the side to try and touch your the the lateral part of your knee. And that's what I did. I did it on both sides. I did it flexing my spine uh, forward. I did uh, extending my spine. So they took the results and then, you know, they, they, they showed them to the chiropractor. They had me wait a few, a few minutes and then I went in with the chiropractor. And he showed me an image. And he, he uh, first of all, he didn't really even uh, talk about why I was there. He just showed me the image and he said, you know what's that? That's a curved spine. That's scoliosis. Did you know you had scoliosis? This is really bad. And I looked at him and I said, well, you know, the, the, the employee, the tech said to bend this way. It's, it's not, uh, that's not the reason why, why the image looks like that. It's like, no, I don't think so. But I mean, he has never told, no one's ever told you that he had scoliosis. And, you know, I was really, I was positive that, of course, the image looked like that because the tech told me to get into the lateral flexion position. And, uh, I mean, I guess he, he understood that I was, that I had a point. So he sent me back and they, they took the images of me standing up straight 
And sure, now I don't have scoliosis, right? But what would have happened if I, I never questioned what he said? And, you know, I'm not trying to come off as, um, in, a, in a way where, you know, you should contradict what your clinician tells you. But in cases like that, where it's evidently, where it's obvious that, that they, they were wrong, it's, you, you, you must bring it up. You should ask questions to your physician, chiropractor, or a physical therapist. So the guy then went on to, to doing a spinal adjustment or manipulation. I don't know. But yeah, yeah the chiros call it spinal adjustment. So he then said to stop lifting weights that they're really bad for my back. And if I want my pain to get better, I should stay away from weights. But I could still train my arms with machines. And, you know, I don't want to come off too harsh on this chiropractor because they, they really just don't know. But if they don't know, I don't think they should be giving off advice on these things if we're not educated. And it's just really, it also comes back to, to the fact that it's just dogmatic views on weight training. Dogmatic views on uh, disc herniations or herniated disc and, and dogmatic approaches to how we treat these. And, you know, Jesus, it's 2018. We have so much literature that shows us how we can effectively treat these cases and people who have these symptoms. And um, that, that's that. So uh, after that, I saw a different chiropractor, you know, similar story. Now, I was still hanging on to some hope that chiropractors could help me because that's what I had been told by my friends and gym, by fellow lifters. So the other chiropractor, I will not bore you with the story. It's just really similar. After that, I went to see a pain specialist. Um, and anesthes so anesthesiologists can get a fellowship in pain medicine. Um which is, yeah, it's really interesting. So I saw, I went to a pain, pain uh, clinic, the El Paso Pain Center, I think was the name of it. So I saw a physician who was the first physician or first provider I had seen in the course of two years who asked me, well, what do you, what do you think it is? You know, that they made you feel a little bit more involved in what's going on. And I, I guess that, that does make the patient feel a little bit better. And he did uh, actual examination. He did some tests, and, and no one had touched me. None of the providers had touched me. No one had done physical examination, which, which to me, now knowing what I know, it's just it's, it's amazing that they wouldn't do that before, right? In a bad, amazing in a bad way. So um, he, he then told me that, you know, it, there's really not, not that much that we, we don't know that much yet, but I would suggest we get some imaging. And first things first, you need to go to physical therapy which that should be the, the first order of business um, when you have someone with back pain. Uh, well, I guess this, this will depend on who you're talking to, but I agree with this. Please just send a, uh, a patient with, with back pain uh, to physical therapy, at least to a competent physical therapist. Again, it really depends on the physician if, if they're up-to-date with this stuff. But yeah, long story short, I went to see a physical therapist of my choice this time. I had done some digging on the internet, and I saw a physical therapist who was you know was young who who I assumed would not tell me immediately to stop lifting weights and sure enough I saw this physical therapist he's a private physical therapist his name's uh, Dr. David Medoff excellent physical therapist if you're in the El Paso area I can't recommend him enough especially if you're a lifter and you know immediately he got it in my head he didn't well, I don't want to say use that, that phrase but he talked to me about you know, herniated disc, and by the time I had an MRI, that sure enough confirmed uh, herniations in L4, L5, and L5, this one. And he talked to me about how the image works, and he talked to me that, you know, there's there's a lot of evidence that shows that there's um, 
that discs can heal on their own. You know, you, not everyone needs surgery, not everyone needs injections or these uh, or medication to treat the the, the, the problem. And, you know, it, you're going to be okay. They can still lift weights, no problem. Um, he laid out a treatment plan for me. And, you know, his words, his him taking time to sit down and just talk to me, actually look at me in the eyes and, and you know, he seemed genuinely interested in my, my, my lifestyle and how my quality of life had been impacted by, by, by this ordeal. And, and his, those moments, I think, were just so beneficial to me because, man, someone telling you when you're in that spot that you're not broken, you're going to be okay, that, that's the best thing that they can do for you, especially if it's someone that you hold in high regard or whose opinion or credentials you hold in high regard, in this case, a physical therapist. So he then prescribed some uh, isometric exercises who, uh, well, I mean, the exercises, I, I, I mean, no disrespect, but I, I don't think the exercises helped all that much. Uh, I think the main thing that helped was his words and his reassurance that everything is going to be okay. And after that, my training went uh, back to normal. My pain was under control. And, you know, things took a huge uh, turn for, for the better. So I earned a lot of respect for physical therapists who are up to date on, on this stuff and how to treat or, or manage pain with, with athletes. But similarly, how, you know, I bashed a little bit. Of, I, I actually, I did bash chiropractors. There's also some good chiropractors who... Honestly, they just operate as if they were physical therapists. They just have that DC credential. And similarly, there's physical therapists who, you know, rely a little too much on modalities. They rely on these lasers and these uh, ESTEM machines and, and, and uh, um, ultrasounds and just these pseudoscientific modalities that you're just making the patient dependent on these. And um, yeah, I, I just disagree with this uh, so much and same thing could be said for physicians there's some physicians that can that are qualified knowledgeable and can help a patient in this situation feel better they can lay out a good treatment plan that they will give the patient reassurance on their pain again there's physicians who will do what my initial uh, nurse practitioner and phys family physician did to me and um, so there's always going to be uh, Good and bad, right? On any discipline that we that we can talk about, and actually those just those three main ones, it's a hit or miss, really. So that's always you know what I recommend to my my trainees or my my friends is you know find a provider who you trust, find a provider who understands your sport, and find a provider who will not make you dependent to them. So if they're going to tell you something along the lines of come back for a weekly back adjustment. No, no, you find someone else immediately. Because, first of all, adjustments, they're, they're trash, right? It's just placebo. And if you want to make someone just come back to, to get that, is you know, you're just creating another problem of dependency. Same thing could be said for a physician who wants to have you on meds, especially if it's something like opioids or, or taking NSAIDs for, a long, for an extended period of time. Or for a physical therapist who wants to get you in the clinic in a similar fashion as a chiropractor wants to. So... Moral of the story is, um, I know I ramble a little bit too much, but um, I want to uh, provide tools to, to the listeners and to how to better deal with these situations, whether if it's for yourself or a loved one, a patient, 
uh, trainee and uh, just learn from it. Um, I don't I don't want to stand here and present myself as a, a know-it-all. I don't know. Uh, obviously, I don't know it all, which is why I want to have, you know, people who are much more experienced and have better credentials, uh, are more qualified than I am to to educate us on, on these sort of topics. Um, uh, yeah, so I don't know if I already mentioned this already. It's a little late, but um, I have some podcasts on cue. I have some really smart people that will be guests on this, uh, on my show. And it, it's still tentative. I don't know if I will have some co-host. Uh, it's up in the air, but for sure, expect episodes in the future that will have, uh, you know, just a more formal and better structure Structure in general. I apologize if I mumble a little bit, but <laughs> yeah, I mean, in essence, the, the future podcast will be better, um, better presented to you guys. Um, it won't be just random stories. Again, I, I will have some really interesting and smart people here that will um, teach us what they know, that will help us uh, find resources and how to just keep learning. And hopefully you guys like it. And thank you uh, for listening to the podcast if you made it this far. I want to give a quick shout out to all the people who, who replied to my story when I announced this podcast and just showed you know, just their positive messages. And, and to me, that means the world. If you have any suggestions or comments, concerns, questions, uh, what have you, for the podcast, send them my way, slide into my DMs. And thank you again if you made it this far. Um, I will see you next time. Peace.